Get ready for Beyond the Arc, a show that eats, sleeps, and breathes the hardwood, featuring two guys who are always game time ready while the competition is still practicing. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. A couple of basketball junkies who shine a spotlight on the game of basketball all year long. This is a preseason, right? We got to do this in the preseason? Are you kidding me? Part of the contract. In the preseason, we got to do this? It's the coach, Brian Fulford. My entire adult life, I've never used the expression game face. And the scout, Steve Barnhart from HardwoodHoopCentral.com. I know how to play the game. I don't think they know how to play the game when I'm talking to them. Guys, it's time. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Arc, a drop the mic solo edition for your boy. My name is Brian Fulford. You can follow me on Twitter at DRB365. You can also follow our show page at BTA Hoops. You can also find us on Facebook, Beyond the Arc Podcast. And of course, all of our old shows you can find on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, of course. Well, Folks, we've made it to the end of the regular season in the NBA. And I really wanted this few few minutes in this particular podcast to just talk about two players, the impact of a couple of players on the MVP race. Because I think we have really seen a great season-long debate for the MVP amongst Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and of course LeBron James. All of which, all, all four of these guys have statistically put up great, great numbers. Um, of course, you know, LeBron over in the Eastern Conference, you know, his team finished in second but I think you'll notice that his averages and his numbers are career highs in many areas. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, well on the way probably to getting another defensive defensive player of the year award, uh, which would be a third straight, tying him with Dwight Howard. And also, uh, he, he's surely an all-NBA selection, you got to believe, right? And the Spurs have had a great season, finished second overall in the Western Conference. But the main story has been Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And this MVP debate debate, excuse me, between Harden and Westbrook really comes down, in my opinion, to what you value or what you find value in as an MVP. What do you want your MVP to be? Is it statistics? Is it wins, losses? Uh, Is it the advanced statistics? Is it a historic feat or a historic accomplishment? Because both of these guys have historically done something that hasn't been done 
I believe, in a long time. And, of course, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, there's the triple doubles. I mean, he has 42 of them, which breaks Oscar Robertson's 55-year mark of 41 in a season. Of course, Oscar Robertson is Mr. Triple-Double with the most career triple-doubles in the NBA. I believe it's like 180-something. And I believe Magic Magic Johnson is second on that list. But after this season, Westbrook has gained ground. And I believe his numbers put him, I believe, at fourth. Might be behind Jason Kidd. I don't have the actual list in front of me but the type of season that Westbrook is having is a great accomplishment I mean a historic feat and you know if you can if if you look at the comparisons between Oscar Robertson's 1961-62 season in which that was just Robertson's second year in the league Okay, he was 23 years old at the time, you know. So uh, the 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 main numbers between Robertson and Westbrook that I find most interesting when I looked these up on BasketballReference.com was that Oscar he averaged 44.3 minutes per game. Westbrook only 34.8. Now, think about that for a second. A normal NBA game, you got 48 minutes. Oscar played 79 games. Now, he's a 23-year-old guy at at, at this time in the 61-62 season. But he averaged 44 minutes a night. You know? And 10 minutes less by Westbrook. So... What do you value? And, and and I bring that up because I think one of the, you know, arguments, you know, among many that I've heard over the last week towards Westbrook and the notion or the thought that he should be the M, uh, MVP is that, well, look at his shot selections or, or look at the number of shots, the field goal attempts. I mean, Westbrook has shot... Uh, 1,931 shots this year, which if I go look at the number of field goal attempts in the league, I mean, that's almost 400 field goal attempts more than the second player, which was Andrew Wiggins at 1,551. I mean, really like 1,550 or 1,500, you know, 1,500 you know, Wiggins, DeMar DeRozan, Anthony Davis, James Harden, those guys are all, you know, between 1554 and 1520. Russell shot 400 more shots. So, you know, you could look at Russell's league leading average of 31.9 and scoff at it and say, you know, hey, uh, he's putting up a lot of shots and he's doing everything for his team. But when you go back and look at what Robertson did, Back in that triple-double season, he, 44 minutes. And and technically, you know, so Russell did 
more in less time. And I, I don't know how, you know, you could value that one way. Now, the, the one thing about this whole debate is that 61-62 season, I mean, let's be real. Robertson finished third in the MVP voting. The triple-double, what he was doing with the triple-double, mm, I don't know if you could say it wasn't valued so much as it was the two other guys that were in the running for that. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain finished second that season, and he averaged, I believe, he averaged 50 points per game, 25 rebounds. Uh, Think about that for a second. He averaged 50 points a game and 25 rebounds a game and finished second to Bill Russell. And Bill Russell and the Celtics, you know, were the top team. They won the championship that year. Uh, You know, Bill Russell, they were the NBA champions. So I get, you know, maybe people didn't appreciate what they were seeing. I mean, that was also the season in which Wilt scored 100 in a game, mind you. So people didn't understand maybe what they were seeing and and really for our current generation it wasn't until you know Magic Johnson came along followed up by Jason Kidd that we probably started appreciating triple doubles you know I I think I, I still see the triple double as a complete uh a complete performance, especially for a point guard. Now, another thing that I think Westbrook is getting killed for is the rebound totals. Okay. The rebound totals that, you know, some people seem to be taking offense to in Westbrook is that uh, Westbrook averaged, um, what's the total? He averaged 10. uh, I'm looking it up here. I think it was 10.4 total rebounds per game. Well, defensively, you know, Westbrook is getting about seven to eight a game on the defensive end. And I've heard the argument that, oh, those are rebounds that his bigs should be getting because his bigs are boxing out and letting him, you know, get those rebounds. Well, Look, isn't that what isn't that what post players are supposed to do? I mean, as a coach, I don't I find nothing wrong with your post players boxing out so that a guard can get a rebound. I mean, and it's not happening every time. I mean, really, we're we're talking, you know, 10 times a game, but the frequency at which it is. I mean, overall, Russell Westbrook has 722 defensive rebounds this season. That puts him at number four overall. He is the only guard in the top 12 amongst guys like DeAndre Jordan, Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Town. I mean, Westbrook is sitting right there in the middle of defensive rebounds with those guys at 722. So, the you know you can you can look at it from one angle and say hey the Oklahoma City Thunder bigs aren't doing their job they're not boxing out 
or they're not grabbing rebounds. Well, you could also look at it on the other side and say, you know what they're doing? They're boxing out. They're keeping a guy. They're keeping somebody off the boards so that a guard could go get a rebound. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, the assist numbers, James Harden. Let's you know what I did is I I went through Basketball Reference and I just looked at the season-long stats in comparison of Harden and Westbrook. And this is why this MVP debate debate will be so hard. And I think when the voting comes out, this may be the closest race that there's ever been because I think it'll be a one versus two. The question is, when it comes down to third, how many first place votes will a guy like Kawhi Leonard get? Because I think if you're in that camp of voting for Kawhi Leonard, and I've 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 read, for example, some tweets from guys like uh, Tom Haberstraw. Um, I've I've seen that you know he could that if I'm not mistaken he was a big proponent of Kawhi Leonard for the MVP. Well, if you if you put Kawhi Leonard into first place now the question is who gets third and the Harden Westbrook race for first place will really come down to who puts Kawhi in first and I honestly there will be some people that may put LeBron in first place and I'll explain in a second why I don't think LeBron is in the MVP discussion this season although his numbers personally are the best they've been for him uh, in uh, in his career I think uh, they definitely have been uh, extremely extremely good but let's go back to Harden versus Westbrook what do you find value in if you're debating these two guys okay win losses if you're looking at the win losses in the season totals James Harden and the Houston Rockets uh, with uh, with their win total uh, plus 50 wins this year you know they definitely overachieved based on the expectation that we gave them. I mean, Vegas, the over-under from Vegas, I believe, was like 44 wins for Houston. So they overachieved in in those terms, whereas Oklahoma City was, they finished right about where Vegas thought they would. Um Houston with 55 wins, excuse me. And I think Vegas had them at 44. And Oklahoma City with 47, and I think they were at about 46 wins. So 47 and 35 for Oklahoma City, 55 wins for Houston, a three versus six matchup, Harden versus Westbrook in the playoffs. That's going to be outstanding. And really, it's a shame that the voters have to place their vote before the playoffs start, because I think if they could make their selections after the season, sort of the way hockey does theirs and uh, I'm not really sure. I think football, I think in the NFL, they make their selections 
prior to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. But but anyway, we won't know any of these selections until after the season. So the speculation all playoffs, especially after this Houston, Oklahoma City series will run rampant. But okay, so Harden, you know, is uh plus eight on the win loss category. Okay. Go to points per game, Westbrook at thirty one thirty one point nine, you know, leading the league in points per game. Um rebounds per game, of course, that too goes to Westbrook over Harden. Uh assists per game, that's where Harden um really had a had a career season. Eleven point two assist to uh, he had a total of 894 assists, which was a league best. Westbrook with 60, about 62 less assists, 832. Okay. Now, you know, go to field goals and field goal attempts. As I already mentioned, Westbrook leads the league and not only field goals made and I'm just talking field goals that's threes and twos okay field goals he leads the league with 822 which is a hundred more than the next guard field goal attempts 1931 that's plus 400 the next player now minutes played you know how much time on the court you know, James Harden with 2,912 minutes on the floor, third most overall, uh, nearly 150 more minutes than Westbrook. Okay. Free throws. You know, we always hear uh, Harden has done a great job these last couple of seasons of getting to the free throw line. Uh, he led the league in free throws made. 740 Westbrook was 30 behind. What's interesting, Westbrook was number two. The next player behind Westbrook, 50, uh, let's see, about 50, yeah, about 50 free throws behind Westbrook. Okay. Going to free throw attempts, Harden, 873. Let me go back for a second. I was wrong. I'm looking up the stats wrong. Free throws, Harden with 740, Westbrook 710. The next player with the with the made free throws was at 585. So think about that's Harden and Westbrook separating themselves major majorly from the number three guy. Same thing for free throw attempts. Westbrook, I mean, Harden at 873, best in the league. Westbrook, 840, second best in the league. The next player, number three, 670 free throw attempts. Defensive rebounds. I already mentioned that earlier. Westbrook, uh, top eight, you know, total rebounds. Assist, you know, Harden, I mentioned that, 894. Westbrook right there behind him at 832. Steals. Now, here's a category in which, you know, you don't see James Harden in uh, in the top 10. Okay, steals. The steals leader this season was John Wall, uh, but Russell Westbrook came in tied for sixth with 132. You know, James Harden um, somewhere down in tied for 14th. 
Okay, so uh, there, there's one area where Westbrook separated himself. Now, this is an interesting stats because, you know, if you go to turnovers, well, James Harden, if, if you consider turnovers a negative stat, well, James Harden won that one, 460 to 434 to Westbrook. Those guys were one and two. And then I thought what I'd also take a look at, because you have all these advanced stats, you know, and I think this is where, which, when I, when I go back to the question of what do you value and what statistic you value, this is where the debate will, will really, uh, will really be okay. Player. Let's start with player efficiency rating. You know, the player efficiency rating, Russell Westbrook with a 30.8 per James Harden, 27.2. That's good for fifth, you know, so the top five players in their player efficiency rating, Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, followed by LeBron. Now, what's interesting from Kawhi Leonard to LeBron, we're talking a difference of 27.7 to 27. That's uh, that's five guys. One, two, three, four, five guys within 0.7 of each other. Westbrook, three whole points above Kawhi Leonard. Okay? So, you know, let that just sink in for a second. Now, you know, Let's go to yeah, let's let's see next offensive stat. Uh, let's go to and I'm pulling all these stats from basketballreference.com. So you can you can easily go take a look at these numbers, uh, and uh, you can you can choose to when you want to have these debates with people, you can pick and choose what <laughs> what means more to you. How about offensive win shares? Okay, I'm not going to sit here and profess to have the definition of all these stats. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna first say that. But you know, offensive win shares, James Harden 11.2, Westbrook is all the way down at eight at 8.7. Number two in offensive win shares, uh, Isaiah Thomas at 10.8. Okay. Defensive win shares. Defensive win shares. Now, this is where you've got a lot of your post players, your bigs. You've got Rudy Gobert, league leading Draymond Green, Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside. Number eight, or excuse me, number nine is Russell Westbrook at 4.5. James Harden all the way down at 18. Okay. Uh, How about win shares? Okay. Win shares. And... You know, if I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, the, the math here and, and say, uh, wind shares might be the combination of offensive and defensive wind shares. That's what it appears to be. <laughs> um, Russell, <clears throat> excuse me, James Harden, <clears throat> excuse me. James Harden leads the league 14.7 followed closely 
by mm, Rudy Gobert at 14.3, Kawhi Leonard at 13.5. Russell Westbrook is fifth at 13.2. And this is where this is where the people who are in the Kawhi Leonard camp, this is where they really start to show their face. Win shares per 48 minutes. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is second to Kevin Durant. Uh, James Harden is fifth. Russell Westbrook is ninth. Now, let's go to the box score plus minus. The box score plus minus Russell, Russell Westbrook, 15.7. James Harden, 10.0. Okay. Offensive box plus minus. Russell, Russell Westbrook at 11.0. Second is Isaiah Thomas, Mr. Fourth Quarter, at 8.8, followed by James Harden at 8.6. Um, defensive box plus minus. Draymond Green leads the league at 4.9, but then there's Russell Westbrook at 4.7. Now, the one stat that I found most interesting, and this is one that I that I think baseball people argue about, wins over replacement or value over replacement player. Russell Westbrook, 12.4, league leading, and James Harden at 8.8 is second over LeBron James, 7.3. I... You know, I, I so I've given you a number of stats, but again, what do you value? What do you value when it comes to Westbrook versus Harden? I mean, Harden, I believe, had sixty like sixty three, sixty four double doubles this season which is like an NBA record. And he even had, he had 20 triple doubles. So, I mean, you know, he had half the number of triple doubles as Westbrook. I just feel like Russell Westbrook, given the fact that you lost Kevin Durant, who you could easily argue is one of the two or three best players in the league, you lost him and you were able to help get your team to 47 wins, a six seed in the playoffs, which is not far off of kind of what I personally felt like Oklahoma City would do. I felt like Oklahoma City would either be a four or a five. <clears throat> so they aren't terribly far, far removed from that. You know, in the Western Conference, the the four and the five are the Clippers and the Utah Jazz, and both finished with 51 wins. So Oklahoma City was four wins away from technically where I thought they would be. But And I think that would have been an accomplishment if Oklahoma City would have got the 50 wins. So all things considered, if I had a vote, my votes would go Russell Westbrook, one, James Harden, two, 
I would put Kawhi Leonard third. And then LeBron James. Now, real quickly, why LeBron James fourth? When all he's done statistically has had one of his one of his best seasons. I mean, you know, I think LeBron has had the kind of season, and, I, and I'm trying to quickly look up uh, LeBron stats. I think, yeah, look, LeBron only played 74, 75 games this year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold the whole sitting thing against LeBron because I think that's what a lot of people want to do. You want to hold that against LeBron, but what? What sort of bothers me this year about is the timeliness of LeBron sits, and especially in this last week. Now, all things set aside, if I if I didn't think about any of the complaining that LeBron did in January and February, you know, his team underperformed in the month of January. They underperformed in March. They're, they've they've got a losing streak going into the playoffs here in April. I think he he himself, who I think is a hell of a player, a great leader, he has not had an MVP. Uh, how do I say this? He has not had an MVP caliber close to his season. And this is when it matters. It matters in March. I hate to say the the Cavs, LeBron, however you want to phrase it, they have basically devalued the regular season. And yes, I know LeBron has been to the final six straight seasons. I know what he's doing is unprecedented. You know, I mean, the only thing close to it is maybe what we saw or what you could statistically go back and look for from Bill Russell and the Celtics when they made uh, their run of uh, what, 10, you know, 10 championships. Okay. But the Eastern conference and the one seed was on the line after a pair of losses to Atlanta. I mean, they lost a game to the Hawks when the Hawks rested or didn't have five players, five st- uh, I don't know if they were starters, but five key players from the Hawks weren't playing and Cleveland lost. Then they turn around uh, two days later against the Hawks and blow a 26-point fourth quarter lead. And then they decide to rest. Theoretically, wins down the stretch by Cleveland could have given them the one seed. But you know, they were like, we don't need the one seed. I think they, the, after they beat Boston on the road, to them, in their mind, that was all they needed to know and say, you know what, we don't necessarily need the one seed. It wasn't the message that their coach, Ty Lue, was putting out there. And that's another thing that I kind of look at LeBron and kind of question and say, hey, your coach put out there that he wasn't resting anybody. And then we get the whole, you know, trip to Miami, LeBron's in the nightclub, and then all of a sudden, guys aren't playing, and they decide to shut it down for the rest of the season. I just, it's a bad look all the way around. 
I, I don't think anything that LeBron has done this year uh, is MVP worthy. I mean, statistically, his numbers, you know, are. Uh, let's see if I if I go back and, and look at, you know, when you go back and look at the the averages, you know. 26.4 points per game is a lead is one of his let's see at least not since the 13-14 season which was his last year in Miami was he in that range I mean this is his best season since he's been back uh, total rebounds 8.6 is a career high his assist numbers 8.7 is a career high so you know LeBron did did de- he definitely put in work on on those two fronts. I'm um, looking at minutes played. He I believe he he may have led the league in minutes. I know personally his 37.8 minutes per game is the highest since his Miami Heat days. Field goal percentage at 5.48 highest since his Miami days. So, look, there's, I feel like there's no reason why Cleveland should not have won north of 58 games this year. Okay? They only won 51. They finished 51, uh, I believe, with 51 wins. 51 and 31, I believe, was there where's their total I'm pulling that up right now yep 5131 I mean Boston who has the one seed 53 and 29 I mean there's no reason why Cleveland should not have had nor I say 58 there's no reason Cleveland should not have had north of 55 wins to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> so all right I, I I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this little short segment because I do want to get more into discussion of the MVP race with some friends in an upcoming podcast. I just wanted to quickly celebrate that the end of the regular season is here and you know we've got the matchups now. The matchups are in place. I feel like the MVP debate, you can debate it, but I think it's it's a done deal. I think Westbrook will get the award and uh, we can get ready for playoff matchups. Here, let me set these playoff matchups before I before I check out. Over in the Eastern Conference, you've got the Celtics versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Bulls are the one seed, or excuse me, the Bulls are the eight seed. Uh, finished forty-one and forty-one. Uh, they they beat out the Miami Heat in a tiebreaker. And by the way. <clears throat> I've got to talk about we've got to talk about the Miami Heat and what they accomplished this year um, because that might have been one of the greatest coaching seasons that we've seen from Eric Spolstra and I think it has now cemented him uh, as a a moving to the level of great coach and it's also put the Miami Heat in a firm position to 
to really say to free agents, hey, look, we're about winning here. We're about doing things a certain way. We could have easily folded in and tanked in the post-LeBron era. They could have easily, uh, excuse me, in the post-Dwayne Wade era, because that's who left last year, uh, in the offseason, rather. They could have easily gone into the tank mode and gone after a number one overall. But, you know, they went after wins. They said, hey, our culture is about winning. And that's the big phrase that, that I saw um, a video that that's now the new slogan down in Miami, culture. Well, that's a big sign to free agents to like, hey, you want to come to a winning culture and environment? Come to Miami. We've got all the amenities you could ever ask for and want from our state and our area. But we've also got the right culture. And I thought that was of all the teams going into the lottery, um, they, I mean, look, they may not get a top five, top six draft pick, but whoever they get is walking into a great environment and free agents should want to go to Miami, should want to. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, I said, is the two seed, the Indiana Pacers uh, currently on a five game win streak. Great way by my Pacers to close out the season. Uh, they are the seven seed. You know, we'll find out whether the four game losing streak really means anything. How about the Toronto Raptors? They tied for they tied the the uh, Cavaliers uh, for second overall, but you know, obviously they can't beat Cleveland. So they finish, they finish up third. They're on a four game win streak. They play the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks will be a, that'll be an interesting series. The Bucks and Raptors. I honestly feel that is a seven game series. I, I really feel that'll be an interesting series. And also another interesting series: the Wizards and Hawks. You know, the Wizards. I felt like I feel like the Wizards should be kicking themselves because they really had. They had a thing going where I thought they could have, they could have, they could have challenged for that three seed, um, but Toronto stayed hot down the stretch. I mean, Toronto won eight of the last ten games, four game win streak, where the Wizards were just playing five and five over the last ten, and the Hawks. I, I mean. My God, here's a team that when they traded away Kyle Corver, you thought they were gonna they were gonna start tanking and getting rid of everybody. And then the Hawks just decided all of a sudden to change or maybe they just maybe they were just trying to move Kyle Corver, but uh they, they stuck it out and they finished as the five seed, and I think that is going to be a tough matchup for the Wizards. And I think that's another seven-game series. Over in the Western Conference, real quick, Golden State is the one playing the Portland Trailblazers as the eighth seed. I feel like we saw that series two seasons ago where the Blazers ended up beating a hurt Clippers team in the first round and advanced to a second round. And I think I think they may have won two, one or two games they won against Golden State. But anyway, we'll get a great backcourt matchup between um, Curry and uh, Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson versus CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard, both of whom are a little more experienced uh, from two seasons ago. The two seven matchup Spurs. Grizzlies are the seventh seed. You know, 
once again, Memphis goes into the playoffs. Tony Allen gets hurt on the final game of the season. So there's still no full report on how much time Tony Allen will be out. That'll be, <laughs> man, that team has no luck. I'm, I'm, you know, I jumped off that bus a while ago, but man, that sucks for Memphis. The 3-6 the matchup is the MVP matchup that everybody's waiting to see. Houston versus Oklahoma City. Harden versus Westbrook. Voters have to put in their votes before that contest. But I think if they could wait, I think many of them, many of them would wait until after that series before they uh, put in their votes. It'll be interesting to see how those two guys go at each other. And then the four or five, the Clippers and Jazz. The Clippers get the get the home court advantage. So uh, I think the Jazz are an interesting team. It'll be uh, it's a young Jazz team finally making the playoffs. And let's see if uh, how they do. I mean, the Clippers are the hottest team right now. They've won seven in a row. So. You know, are they at full strength? Are they playing at the level that is worthy of being one of the three or four teams that I felt at the beginning of the year could win an NBA title? All right, that's it for this. I uh, want to remind you, go out to islideusa.com and check out all of the design styles. They even have NBA Playoff Edition slides that you can order uh, from their website. That's islideusa.com and uh, use the promo code BTA15, BTA15, save 15% when you check out and uh, uh, make sure to uh, check check that site out. Uh, remind once again a reminder follow our show page on twitter at bta hoops on facebook you can find us beyond the arc podcast is where you can find us and uh follow me on twitter at bta hoops follow my man steve even though uh you know he's not here with me on this podcast um still want to always plug him and he is at hardwoodhoopscentral.com and that's hwhoopscentral on twitter all right that's going to do it for this uh, next podcast coming up will be a playoff breakdown might even have a guest on the line with me but I'm dropping the mic I'm done uh, I'd love to hear from you uh, whether you think I'm off base uh, with my MVP selection I want to know who you think is an M- is the MVP this season and more importantly what do you value what is the one or two stats that you value in this MVP debate let me hear uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean is where you can find the show. Leave us, uh, go check out the Facebook page and leave your comments there as well. Thanks for listening. Take care. Peace out. Theme music is performed by Lex Brown of Oh Hoops Music. Listen to more of Lex's music by visiting ohoops.com under the Oh Hoops TV banner. Feel the ball like you wish you could, homie. 
see I'm nothing like them other guys I get paid to play every day and be televised Very rude, I won't break and do Very few wanna guard me, dude I ain't make them so I'm breaking rules Defying gravity and flying to that paper, dude It's the king of this court, boy About to be your nightmare You ain't gotta come get me Just check it up and I'm right there Shoot game is sick and I'm throwing up them trays, yo You can call me Simon, my opponent do as I say so